Hallelujah. So yesterday we said we won't recap. I won't go back on yesterday's lesson. So if you're not here yesterday, mayegue. But let someone next to you help you. However, what I must repeat is that we want to go back to the tenets, the principles, the beliefs, the main principles that make us to call ourselves charismatic churches. There are certain teachings that we were born into that are our practice that have produced what we see today. You know, very often people see the fruit and they don't understand the background. Today I was in deep meditation about the concept of the secret place. In fact, it's this morning when I woke up during my devotions, you know. I was thinking so much about it. That there's so much that we don't realize the criticalness of what you do in secret. And not secret in a sense of it being a bad thing. But it's the background stuff that makes you who you are. All disciplines have the secret place. There are things that you do in private, not on the public platform. Or they are the core things that you do all the time that make you be who you are. I remember having a conversation with the late uh, 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 baby Jake Matala, who was once a, a champion and a very great fighter. And I think after one of his greatest fights, I used to train at the same gym as him. That's why. I... <laughs> no, 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 no. That's why I get Aksa J, Aksa Gym. How you people, you are going ahead of me. I used to be very big those days. I'm not like that. But I used to, I used to talk to people who know these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you disturbed me by laughing. But I remember I was asking him about the particular fight that he fought. And I said to him, champ, Tell me, what precedes a fight like that? And, and I remember, actually, this morning when I was thinking that if you look at world champions, they never will have more than five fights in a year. Do you know why? Do you know why? You don't know, ne? Okay, let those who are ignorant remain ignorant still. I'm just teasing. It's because you have to have time to recuperate from one fight because you need about a minimum of three months to prepare for a fight. And in that preparation, the, it involves food, rest, it involves your state of mind, it involves training, and the training is, is, is road work. Uh, uh, Baby Jake would, would run every day for 10 kilometers starting at 4 in the morning or 5. And then he would, he would eat certain foods, and then he has to go for a workout in the gym for at least 5 hours. And he has to go to the, to the boxing club and train for another 3 to 4 hours. So your, your whole day, really, is just training. And as you get towards the fight, they change certain things and you eat certain types of food. More towards the fight, you have to load up on the carbs and eat a lot of pasta. And then towards the fight, you can't even sleep with your wife. <clears throat> the sanctions. Amen. So it doesn't matter how you feel. You don't walk by feelings. <laughs> Even when you see her standing next to you naked, you, you can't let your body tell you. Oh, you don't want me to say naked, how? Sugar. Yeah, I mean, when you see your wife, anyhow, I'm preaching, I'm in church. So you can't. And then you go and fight. And then after the fight, whether you've won or you've lost, it has taken so much of a toll on you that you need another three months to rebuild so imagine, Bazalana, a, a fight, usually the 15 rounds in total, it's, it's almost less than two hours. Especially it's less than an hour. Think about it. If, if you calculate the rounds, a round is three minutes. 
and then you rest for another 30 seconds. So if you calculate all of it, it's, it's less than an hour just about, or at most less than an hour and a half. Think about it. For an hour and a half performance. Huh? Are you understanding me? I want you to get this concept. You have to train for three months for about eight to ten hours per day. It involves everything, not just sparring, the food, the mental state, your, your relationships, everything, just for, for an hour and a half worth of trade. Now, that's what I call the secret place. That's what I call the secret place. So when, when he became world champion, you see, it, 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 he didn't become it because of the, the, the 15 minutes in the ring or one hour. No, 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 no. For him to become a champion and perform at that level, he has to have the discipline. Now, I don't know how many of you know Chris Eubank. I'm a boxing, I'm a boxing fan, you know. I, I, I love this guy, Chris Eubank. And he's, he's got a son now who's boxing. Those of you who follow boxing. I must teach you the Bible, boxing, sport. I sugar man. What is it that you know? How? How? Maybe I mustn't even talk about Chris Eubank. He has a son who is a great fighter. That I just saw it recently. But the father, Chris Eubank, the only problem with Chris Eubank, he was very, very proud. He was a, he was a proud guy. He had a good body. He looked good. <laughs> the body only. <laughs> Jesus. And I think he used to make it, he used to do it on purpose because he didn't look so great on the face. So he would beat you up just for that. Anyhow, let's leave that one. But after he won, he, he, he wanted to do what no one has ever done. He went on a tour to have I don't remember how many fights. Was it 15 or 20 fights? And he was going to fight those fights. And he was going to break the record. And he would have a fight per month. Yeah. So he forgot the secret place thing. So the first few fights he won. I think five fights or six fights later. The way he was fighting, he was so awkward. I mean, he didn't even look like the champ you knew. He fought in a funny way. You know the crab, you know the crab punches? Those are the ones that uh, George Foreman was trying to, George Foreman was trying to hit Muhammad Ali with. You know when you hit the, ah, so I won't even tell you. To, go and find out. Google what a crab punch is. And he lost the fight. And the reason he lost is that he forgot that what makes you a champion, it's certain disciplines that you can't cheat on. You, you, you don't fast check them. You don't overlook them. If you overlook them for a while, you will still succeed. But you are going for a decline and you're not aware. Now, it's the same thing when it comes to things like prayer, speaking in tongues, worship, all those things. These are our talents. It's the same things concerning the teachings on faith, confession, walking in love. This is what makes us who we are. But, but if you were to go in the charismatic church generally and watch what we're teaching today, we are not doing the secret stuff. The secret place stuff. Things that when you do in the background, they make you to be who you are. So in other words, when people see all this, you see, when you see people come like this, and you see services like this, and you see worshippers worshipping like this, it's not just that. Oh, no. No. When, when you listen to people do stuff, you can tell the hours of practice they've put behind what they're doing. And all those hours, nobody knows about it. And you are alone when you do it. And there's no reward, and it takes discipline. It takes a lot of hard work. In fact, very often you don't want to do it. So my, my concern for the church is that we are moving away. We, we, we are trying to be what the world is. We, we think we can be sustained by motivational speaking and, 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 
and marketing and all these other things which are good in their place. But they are not the core. If you, if you read the Bible and see what was done in God's word that brought a move of God, you can't change that recipe. You can't bring some, something else. And prayer is one of them. And when it comes to intercessory prayer, so many of God's people don't even know what it is. When you listen to them pray, you can tell Chris Eubank. How many of you are sitting next to Chris Eubank? Chris Eubank, who are you? So yesterday, we answered, why do we need to pray? And I'm hoping you've understood that. Today, I want to move on. Somebody say, move on. I want to talk about different kinds of prayer. And by the way, the theme of this week is the art of intercessory prayer. Ephesians 6, 18, in the King James Version, reads as follows. Praying always. Praying how often? Always. Praying how often? Always. Now listen to what the King James says. It says, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, when you're reading the King James, you may not really fully understand, you know, fully appreciate what it's saying. The New Century Version reads as follows. It says, pray in the spirit at all times. Now, the second part is what I like. With all kinds of prayer. Somebody say all kinds of prayer. All kinds of say it again. Say it again. So that tells us that there are different kinds of prayer. So the word prayer is an umbrella term. Like when you say sports. Is it sports or sport? Groening, you'll help me, you'll help me. Is it sports or sport? Yeah, Can you tell me sports or sport? Sports. So your sports. So it's sports. So there's different kinds of sports. All right? So when we say prayer, so very often when, when we say, let's pray, <laughs> the first thing people say, Baba! Oh, Baba. You're not charismatic. <laughs> and I don't know why when we pray, we must do those funny things. Oh, Baba! Siatela, <laughs> Baba! And I'm asking, who said prayer is just telling? Now, I think we want to define this just for technicality, but the truth is when we pray, we weave in and out of different kinds of prayer in one setting. Okay, so we are just doing it for technicality's purpose, all right? But I'm hoping we won't have time in this, this week, all right? But I'm going to briefly show you towards the end the different kinds of prayer and how they apply. Quickly, I can't go into details. And because there are different kinds of prayer, like there are different kinds of sports, then it means different kinds of rules apply. Okay. In rugby, you can handle the ball. And when you score the goal, you must score it above the poles. You can't do that in soccer. Only highly are we. I'm, I'm giving away my age. You're, when it's a throw in, you can handle the ball. Or it's the goalkeeper who can handle the ball. But when you score, you've got to score with, between the poles. Right? In rugby, you can tackle somebody. And I was learning recently, can I, you tackle from here up? Ne? Ne? In soccer, you can use your body weight, but you can't man, you can, you can do that. In fact, I, I, I remember when we got the World Cup in Germany. We went to Germany when the World Cup was in Germany. A group of us from around the world to go and see what they were doing because we were hoping for the World Cup to come to South Africa. So we went out to go and play soccer. You know, it was a team of us international people and there was this guy from America who doesn't understand what soccer is. So he only had football. So... <laughs> So, so here I was, 
they passed the ball to me. So I had the ball. And I see this guy, and there's a big guy. So I saw him coming towards me <laughs> at a high speed. So, I, of course, I don't worry. I mean, I know how to dribble. I used to play soccer. Uh, I know. I used to play soccer. Yeah. So I waited for him to come, and I dribble. Hey! You know, he didn't even focus on the ball. He came for me. <laughs> hey, what's another? He took me. I flew in the air and fell. Fat. Lights out. For a while, I was out. I was honestly, I was out. Lights out. Show. <laughs> when I got up, you know, the funny thing is, he was not even apologetic. And I'm sorry. You're not even saying you're sorry. You left the ball there and came for me. Only later I understood. He doesn't understand the kind of sport we were playing. In soccer, you don't do like other people. And that's what some of you are doing in prayer. You are using the wrong rules. And that's why your prayers are not working. Because instead of you kicking the ball between the goalposts, you are kicking it above. And when God says, you didn't score. You think there's something wrong. And I'm being honest with you. In fact, I don't know when will I do it, but there are like 10 things that you must ascertain. 8 to 10 things you must ascertain before you pray. For your prayer to be answered. Yeah. 8 to 10 things. I don't know if we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it towards the end. Not today. Another day. But today, I want to tell you this. There are different ways of praying. Now, this is not different kinds of prayer, but different ways of praying, or if you want to call it different intensities or different attitudes. All right? Are you ready? Are you learning, Bazalon? There's simple petitions lifted in sentences to God in the name of Jesus. Just a petition. You know, that's just one way of praying. It's not a kind of prayer, it's a way of praying. I'll come to the different kinds of prayers. There's persistent, tenacious prayer. That will not yield until the answer comes. As you read the Bible, you see all these pr- ways people prayed. There's prevailing prayer that overcomes every obstacle, but finally lends an answer. There's battle prayer, what you call spiritual warfare. And just to explain, we're not battling with God. God's not our problem. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not your problem. But this battle prayer comes out in tears and agony. With intense yearning. I prayed this prayer. I hold it in the 79. I prayed it the first time I learned it was 79. I didn't know what was going on. But it's battle prayer. There's the quiet prayer of faith. Whose voice is never lifted above a whisper. Some of you, you think when you pray, you have to scream your lungs out. Covenant pray in a whisper. Quiet prayer faith, whose voice is not ever lifted above a whisper, but whose persistent faith shakes even the throne of heaven. There's prayer without ceasing. Now, this doesn't mean that you're always saying something. Let me explain to you. But there's an attitude about you. There's a constant sense of prayer about you. What I called yesterday, when you have the spirit of prayer rest on you. I remember in, 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 uh, in uh, July of 1979, after God filled with the spirit, uh, and even prior to that, I had a, a spirit of prayer on I didn't know what it was. A spirit of prayer is, there's this presence and anointing on you where it's like you're talking to God all the time. And your heart is, 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 is laden. It's almost like, you remember Hannah? You remember Hannah, ne? She didn't have a child. So, you know, even in her thinking, she's saying, you know, I need something from God. And, and, and then she, she gets taken by this. Such that even when she comes to prayer, even when she's quiet, her lips are moving. You know? 
And, and, and the prophet didn't understand. He looks at her and said, hey, how can you come here and be drunk? She says, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman of a bitter spirit. And I remember for, for three full months, I had this spirit of prayer on me. Constantly. Just wishing and, and desiring certain things to happen among us as God's children. Young people. And, and, I, and I remember uh, there's a someone who came to preach where we were who could pick up the spirit of prayer. It's a presence. And when you, when you spend a lot of time in prayer, you carry that with you. And, and what happens is someone like that, we use the terms, and you know, we don't even hear these terms anymore. When you say somebody is prayed up. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. See, if you train regularly, all right, if you train regularly, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes and says, let's run to Maponya Mall. When you run, already you are acclimatized to it because you, you are training. You, you are trained up. Right? But if you don't train, by the time you hit the gate, your gearbox will be overheating. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? How many of you are sitting next to your overheating gearbox right now? Hmm? By the time you hit the gate, your, your, your chest will be burning You'll be feeling bilious, everything. Why? Because you, you are not trained up. You, you, you are not in the zone. You are not conditioned. Your, your, your body is not conditioned to readily take up the, 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 the discipline of running. So if a Christian doesn't pray a lot, you, you can tell. You know, you know, they start and, and after two minutes they are overheating. How many of you are sitting next to your mother who was overheating yesterday? Yeah. And you can tell when you go to people, and you, you can tell even, and, and sometimes to compensate for the lack of prayer, people try to really impress. I remember, you know, we used to do a whole night prayers. I used to go to them. I'm not doing it as much now. And I used to lead whole night prayers sometimes when I went to preach for uh, Reverend Mfundisi Philip Lungwani in Guyane. And it was always hilarious for me because... You know, at whole night prayer, you really can see who is prayed up, who's not. You know, someone who runs marathons knows the discipline of running a marathon. Someone who's never run a marathon, when they start running, they, they, they don't even understand what must happen. They just take off. They don't know. They'll be sitting on the ground with cramps and all that. So some of the people, so when we started praying, then they started, and I'm thinking, yo, these people, this is a whole night prayer. <laughs> you don't start on a climax. You can't. Some of you like animals. And I knew that all they needed was 15 minutes. That's all. You, you can't sustain that. We used to start at 9 o'clock all the way through to about 1 o'clock. You see, you're not praying. 15 minutes is not short. You're not short. No. So then we would pray for an hour. And some of them, by the time 45 minutes is up, they are finished. By the time 10 o'clock comes, they go and find a strategic corner. <laughs> You'll think somebody is praying. Nah. They are speaking to the Lord in visions and dreams. Actually, we have one of our church members here. At a, at a, at a whole night prayer meeting, they, they, were, you know, they would pray and then they would take a break. So during the prayer, the, the person fell asleep. Gone. When they said amen to take a break, they found the Mzalwana snoring. <laughs> so, so they tried to wake the Mzalwana up to just tell them that it was a break. So when they touched it, just got up and said, So I remember the one day I was leading this prayer in Guyana. There was this guy who was so angry with people who were sleeping. Hey, the brother. He got up 
and he was exhorting everybody. Some of you, you came here, we've come to pray. Yeah. We're here to pray, not to play. You know, it's even rhyming. <laughs> Some of you are sleeping. And he gave them a tongue lash. And I'm like, whoa. And it's me who's leading the prayer. But he's doing the rhyming exhortation. <laughs> and then we started praying. 15 minutes into it, the exhorter was snoring. I wanted to wake him up so bad. <laughs> but the reason people didn't last is you could tell that they're not used to praying for long. They just don't know. They start at a high speed. When you're going to pray for a long time, you don't start on a high speed. You, you don't. In fact, you have to know how to get to a point where like, you have a rhythm and a flow and there's a time when the Holy Spirit is the one who starts prompting you. And when you get into that zone, it's like you can go on forever. You, you, you don't even stop. Yeah, but we need to learn that but that needs to be what you know what you learn we must say when we say let's pray it must be just like a tsunami is just but some people some churches say when you say let's pray oh but then you see these people don't the secret place stuff is tempered with here they are trying to do the work of God they want to achieve great things. They want to see revival. They want to see people saved. They want to see the church grow. They want to have impact. But they don't understand who you can't win in the ring. You can't win in the ring. If you don't do that secret stuff. I'm telling you. So there's that prayer without ceasing. That doesn't that has an attitude. There's a constant sense of prayer about you. That seems to, to perfume the very atmosphere around you. There's the unconscious prayer attitude. And there's praying in the spirit. Now, let's go then to the different kinds of prayer. And I'm going to end by defining intercession. We'll end with that today. Are you leading something? Are you leading something, Bazalan? You want me to stop? You want to go home? All right. Number one, the different kinds of prayer. We have what we call the prayer of faith. Or you can call it the prayer to change things. It's almost like I say cricket. It's a kind of prayer. It's got its own rules. The scriptures for that, and I'll just give you the verses. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. James 5 from verse 14. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Watch this now, Barcelona. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Note verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Somebody say the prayer of faith. Say it again. Now know the Bible says, let him come, anoint him with oil. Did you see the oil? Did you see the oil? Note what it says. It says, you know, pray over him, verse 14, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. But then verse 14, what? The prayer of faith will do what? He didn't say the oil will save the sick. So I don't understand when people are buying oil and these people are selling oil. What's the story here? Yeah, some of you, you won't say amen because you bought it. Yeah, you're doing the oil stuff. Oil is meant to be symbolic. It's not the oil. Now I'm showing you the Bible. Be angry with me. It's fine. I'm showing you the Bible. Put that verse again. They don't believe me. Let's go. Put verse 14 first. Is any sick among you? Let him call for what? And let them do what? Yeah, doing what? Anointing him with what? Huh? Anointing him with what? How? In the name of? 
And the next verse, it's in it. And the prayer of faith. Watch. So it means even if we pray over you, if we're not praying in faith, we can pour all the oil in the world. But isn't it funny that people buy these oils? They've put their faith in oil. Huh? Huh? Some of you let's go bedding, let's go kitchening. No, 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 no. Don't don't do a disclaimer on me. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You put it in your car. It's hanging somewhere in the house. So what do we do? We do what the children of Israel did. When they came into the wilderness and they were bitten by snakes, God told Moses, make a brazen snake. Hang it on a pole. And everyone who looks at that snake when they're bitten, they will be cured. The snake wasn't the issue, that, that wasn't the thing that healed. It was a point of contact. Like the oil, it's a point of contact. It's not the oil. But years later, whatever Israel, they were still using that snake, even if they were not being healed. So what do we do as people? When God gives us a point of contact, we move away from him and we put our faith in the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people are saying to me, if you want a church to grow, make t-shirts with your face on it so that people can wear it, they can have luck. I said, yeah. Hey, Wena, brother. Now, have people been healed when I touch them? Of course. But is it Musa who healed them? No, it's not Musa. So people move away from the prayer of faith. We focus on the oil. Then we have the prayer of consecration, dedication, or submission. In this prayer, this is the prayer that people mix up with other prayers. You see, this is the spot. It's the rugby that people put into soccer. And I'll explain what I mean. <laughs> Some of you already got it. In this prayer, we consecrate ourselves and dedicate ourselves to do God's will and obey what God tells us. And for that reason, when we pray this prayer, we use the expression, if it be your will. That is only in the prayer of commitment. Because in the prayer of commitment and dedication, I'm committing myself, I'm dedicating myself to do what God wants me to do. And I say, God, if it's your will, I'll follow. If it's not your will, I will not go. No, no, no. We use this in everything. So we take rugby and hoy it into soccer. And throw a bit of cricket and tennis. So, so people pray and at the end they say, if it is your will. But they're praying the prayer of faith. When you pray the prayer of faith, you don't put if it's your will. It's a different genre. It's a different kind. So people say, so we throw if it be your will in everything. No, no, no. The prayer of if it be your will. In fact, the only time Jesus used that expression is when he was in a specific setup. And I don't know why. We, and I don't know why. And I don't know why. When Paul used that expression, he said to the Christians, we will come to Macedonia if it's God's will. You can use that there. Because in other words, for me to go and preach somewhere, I have to go there by God's will. So if God wants me to go there, I'll go. If it is God's will, I will come. But that has got nothing to do with healing. It's got nothing to do with healing. So I can't apply it when it comes to healing. So let me show you where Jesus used the prayer. In Luke 22, and I'm reading the New King James Version. It says, and Jesus was withdrawn from them for, a, for about a stone's throw. This is when he was in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, huh? take this cup away from me, 
Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Why? Think about it. When Jesus came to the Garden of Gethsemane, he himself said, I am exceedingly weak. He felt so weak and in so much agony that if if he had it his way, he wouldn't go through with the process. That's why he said, Father, if it, if, if it was possible, I would, I would ask you to let this cup pass from me. Mara, I, I'm not going to go with what I want. I, I'm committing, I'm dedicating, I'm consecrating myself. If it's your will. Yeah? Yeah. This is the prayer you pray when God chooses you, your career path. If it's your will, I'll be a pastor. If it's your will, God. If it's your will. See, this has to do with the decisions we make concerning the destiny of our lives. You don't own you. Some of you, you've never asked God about where your life should be going. You are so much in charge of everything. You've left God out. You don't even pray about the things you do. These are the prayers I pray concerning the programs in our church. Yeah. Is this your will, God? Should we have a prayer week? Should we have, if it's your will, we'll have a prayer week. If it's your will, we will go to the stadium. We don't just go to the stadium. You see people coming, why now you think it's our great planning? Mm-mm. When it's in the will of God, when it's in the will of God, God will support you. Mara, Mamela, Mamela. When it's in the will of God, it is not always where you will be feeling good about it. Jesus wasn't feeling good about going to the cross. So that's why you commit yourself. You say, Budimo, I'll do it. Even if I'm not feeling good, I'll do it. Yeah. If it's your will. And then we have the prayer of commitment or what we call casting your worries and your cares upon God. In this prayer, we take the things that burden us, that worry us, and we give it to God. It's that kind of prayer. This is where you, you, you tell God your worry worries. And in this prayer, you don't go to complain. Hey, son, I didn't write that scripture. Can you, can you, can you put up, is it Philippians chapter 2? Casting your care on him, for he cares for you watchfully. Philippians? Philippians 4, rather. 4, 7, 8. Seven. Can, you, can I have Philippians chapter 4? I want to show you something, Bazalan. Verse 6. Do not be anxious. About what? About what? About what? That means big, small. I know that was going to get you. But in every situation, By prayer and... Now I want you to listen to this. With thanksgiving, hearing, present what? Present what? I can't hear you. Present what? Present what? Now watch this now. You are anxious. You are worried. God says, when you approach me, don't tell me you're worried. Tell me what you want out of it. Read it, read it, read it. You see, we don't read the Bible correctly. Present what? I can't hear you. Present what? Present what? Your requests. God says, this is worrying you. You can't handle this. Fine. Bring it to me. But when you bring it to me, tell me what you want out of the situation. Some of us, our prayer is just a long list of complaining. And God is sending there thinking, I, can, I know, I already know that. I've been, I've been looking at them, punching you. I am aware. But remember what we taught yesterday. I can't change it if you don't tell me what you want. 
So some of us will go to God and we cry and cry and we leave the place just came and complained. Let me have it in the Amplified Bible. I want to show you something here. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer, petition, not that word, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants. Not, 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 your, not, not your complaints. What do you want? That's what God said. What? What? One hour got fell up full. You know, sometimes we think if we've had an emotional experience, God has heard us. Let me repeat that. You didn't get that. Sometimes we think if we've had an emotional experience, then we're really connected with God. So you really cried your eyes out. It was very therapeutic. But God is standing there and thinking. I don't know what you want. You didn't tell me what you want. You didn't tell me. Hey, don't take the verse away, please. Next verse. When you've done this, next verse. And God's peace. Because you see, 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 worry takes away your peace. God's peace shall be yours. Now watch. God's peace becomes yours even before the situation changes. Now, why do we call it the prayer of commitment? It's almost like I'm burdened and I take the burden and I give it to God. After that, the right and I'm at peace. The peace of God, that tranquil state of soul assured at its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding. In other words, it's a kind of peace people can't understand. Why are you at peace when everything seems to be falling apart around you? Why are you at peace when you don't have food on your table? Why are you at peace when things seem to be falling apart? I'm saying I'm at peace because I'm at peace because I'm at peace. Watch, Barcelona. Hey, why do they keep taking the verse away? That peace which transcends all understanding <laughs> shall garrison and mount guard. Oh, that expression is a very powerful expression. Cities of old used to have walls built around them. They make the walls so big that you could have Chariots raised on top of the wall, side by side. Eight chariots. Yeah. And they would always post soldiers on top of the city wall. They used to call that wall a garrison. And they would get on top of it, mount guard, get on top of it, so that from the height of the wall, they can see the enemy from afar. And for the enemy to reach you, the enemy must first <laughs> destroy the soldiers. And they must first destroy the wall before they can reach you on the inside. It is the peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God will mount guard and garrison two things. Your heart. This is not just your spiritual heart. It's also your physical heart. Medical science shows that worry causes heart problems. Worry affects your heart. Causes high blood pressure. Worry. Worry causes ulcers. 
That's what worry causes. So the peace of God will make sure there's no heart problem. You have problems, Mara. How about check up BP is normal. Mara, you have, pro- uh, you are not understanding. That's why it calls it the peace that passes all. People can't understand or how come Everything is falling apart. May that be your portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this year. The peace of God will mount God over your hearts and your minds. You see, psychological problems. Today, we, we live in an era where many people are having many issues with mental diseases. Mental diseases are difficult to deal with because you can't pop a pill and heal it. It, it, it has to do with the, the person's attitude towards life. And the peace of God will, will ensure that it protects your mind. Yeah. That you can handle something that's a large ministry, a large business, a large corporation, and still be at peace and still smile. There are many people when they get to certain levels, their smile goes. Why? Because when you read what Paul says, when he writes about it to the church, he says, you know, of all the persecution and the things, the one big thing is the care of the churches. He writes it. The word care is the word worry, anxiety. He says, of all the things that every day I'm worried about the churches. The higher your responsibility, the more things you handle, is the more the worry factor goes up. I'm telling you, Kakula. I'm telling you. Some of you pastors, you found out ever since you are running a church, even if it has 20 people, you are not sleeping. It's a church, Mara. They're not sleeping at night. Yeah. I remember Burutimufukeng, okay? Korosa Tenville is not here. They are watching the streaming. Murutimufukeng Korosa Tenville. First day at work, first week at work, first month at work, they broke into the church. For that month, they broke into the church so many times. They stole the instruments. They stole the instruments. They stole. I said to him, welcome to being a pastor. <laughs> you see, if you're able to still smile after they broke into your church, then you know how to pray the prayer of commitment. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying. You have to learn the discipline of praying this prayer about your children, about your career. Some of you, the, your, 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 the firm you're working for, the company you're working for, they announced that they'll be scaling down. Already, Nji. <laughs> you, you already worried. And, and, and watch this, Baza. You see, when, when we worry, we talk. When you read Matthew, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Jesus says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? So when we worry, we verbalize our worry. And the problem is when you verbalize your worry and tell other people, live they agree with you, yeah. And you constitute the law of agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you, you set the motion. You set the principle in motion yourself. You get other people to agree with you. Hey, but don't retrench. Hey, and But don't retrench. So when you learn this, you learn not to tell people things that worry you. I don't, I don't talk about things that worry me. I don't, I don't. Mamela, it's not, it's not denial. I have taken them somewhere. In fact, I have taken them to thee, somebody. Yeah. So you see me running around and jumping. You may think there's no problems in the church until you become a pastor. And then nobody matters young, eh? I'll tell you, I have learned to pray. I've learned because I realize if I can, if King Katabaya with the way Christians behave in church, I'll never be able to smile. In fact, I'll never be able to preach a peaceful message here. I'm telling you, I will fight every time. Some people, I'll never be able to greet them because they're nice out there. They say stuff and then they come to you. Oh, my pastor, my pastor. Man of God. Sometimes, Suga. But you see, you learn, you learn to commit your worries 
anxieties. We talk about a thousand churches. There is a potential to worry you. All these buildings that we must build, they're huge, lots of money. Oh, no problem. God can take care of it. Listen what Jesus said. Jesus says this. He says, who of you by worrying can add one strand of hair to his head? You can't. He says, look, 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 look. Look at the birds of the air. Look, 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 look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't plow. They, they don't have shares on the stock exchange. Nothing. Huh? Mara. Your heavenly father, your, not, not the heavenly father, your heavenly father makes sure Oh, if God can take care of the birds, how much more will God take care of you? If God can look after the birds which are not made in the image of God, if God can look after the birds which are not like him, how much more will God look after you? That's why Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, Yeah. Learn to cast your cares. In fact, if there's a day more Sancho Shepherd Satanaka Zing Zong, it's when you have heard bad news. When you come to church, come with an attitude to praise God and worship God with everything on the inside of you. Come with a spirit to say today, first song, when they play the first key, I'm going to be the first person in the front. I'm going to dance and praise God with everything on the inside of me. Somebody shout amen in the house. You cast your cares. I get concerned when I see young people worrying. Young people. 20 years. Again, hey, life is hectic. I said, you're 20 years old. You're not married. You don't have a family. You don't have responsibilities. You are single. You have everything. You are educated. You are pretty. You are handsome. You're doing well. Mara. And I said, I wonder what are you going to do? The day you start taking on certain responsibilities. Yeah. Some of you, if you were to run this church for one day, you, you would die. No, 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 I'm not joking. We just come from a meeting now. Today we had a meeting. You should hear the things we talk about. It's not easy. At all. Let's say the Ghana way. At all. At all. But you see, remember, you have to develop the secret place attitude. The discipline. Instead of walking around with the spirit of heaviness, walk around with the oil of joy. The spirit of gladness. Hallelujah. Yeah. People say, well, how is this going to solve? I don't know. I talk to God about it. Where are you going to get the money? I don't know. I told God about it. And the peace of God. I see you at peace this year. Peace like a river. Joy like a fountain. The peace that passes all understanding. That's why when Paul wrote to the churches, he says, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. The peace that comes upon your life. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace when the waters of life are raging. Peace when you have heard bad news. Peace when the enemy is coming out against you. Peace when people are trying to stand against you. Peace when you don't understand if God heard your prayer or he didn't hear your prayer. Peace even when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Peace. 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 It's well with my soul. It's well with my soul. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. 
God's going to take your burdens away tonight. Now watch. He's not going to just take it. You've got to give it to him. That's what we're going to pray for tonight. Every area that brings worry, anxiety, concern. God said, tell me what you want. I already know what you're going through. I just want to know, what do you want? That's what we're going to pray about tonight. A whole list of it. What do you want in your spiritual life? What do you want in your family life? What do you want in your career? What do you want in your relationships? What do you want this year? What do you want? God says, Kibo, I'm giving you an open checkbook. Kiel. You know, there are certain kind of checkbooks, and I don't use checkbooks a lot, and I don't know if it's been used today. It might be, but it's probably still there. There are certain types of checkbooks back then where a certain type of check where you had it and you went to the bank to cash it. They don't even check if there's enough money. They just process it because of the level of the checkbook. It's already guaranteed. God is giving you that kind of checkbook tonight. You didn't hear what I said. You see, you see, you are not flowing at all. You see, you are not flowing. You are not flowing. I said, God is giving you that kind of check tonight. God says, yeah, I've signed my name on it. I've left it blank for you. Fill it out. God says, you can never own pity. I own the kettle of a thousand hills, Ukasim Peti. I am the God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, Ukasim Peti. I am the one who is rich. I am so rich that yet in my place, Yaka, the streets are made out of gold. You can never ever ask anything. Is there anything too hard for me? I'm just giving you a blank check. And tonight as we pray, fill out that check. What do you want? What do you want? And after we've prayed, we're going to erupt into powerful praise. Thanksgiving to God. We're going to shout to God. Why? 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 Pray with prayer and thanksgiving. We thank him even before the manifestation. Because it is a voice of faith and trust in God. Even before Kibona, I know God has sorted it out. So I'm going to ask the music group just to come up on stage. We're going to pray for a while. And I'll call you up on stage, music group, in a short while. And when you come up here on stage, yeah, the, you, the, the instrumentalists can come up. Let's pray for a while. Everybody stand. Get out your checkbook now. 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 We have a few... Today we're going to pray for a while. Get out your checkbook and let's begin to pray right now. Okay, talk to God. Be very specific. All right? Don't just pray in tongues. You can pray in tongues at the end, but be specific. God wants to know, what do you want? What do you want? Talk to God. Just begin to pray. Play. You can play in the, in the background. Just play something for us. Pray. Pray everybody right where you are. Just begin to pray everywhere. Pray. 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 Thank you, Lord. Talk to God. That's right. Talk to God. Do it with intensity. Talk to God about your life. Thank you, Lord. Think about your life. Think about your career. Think about your spiritual walk. Think about things that burden you things that trouble you. Some of the things that when the thoughts about them come to you, it spoils your day. God says, I'm waiting. I want to hear from you. What do you want? What do you want? 
What do you want? Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God all over the place. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Talk to God. Thank you, Lord. Talk to God. What do you want? Some of you, what worries you is your partner, your husband, your wife. Talk to God about them. Your children. Talk to God about them. Somebody here, your, your company. I don't know if you are in this building or you are watching from some of the other places, some of the churches. But your company is facing liquidation. Talk to God about it. He can turn it around. He wants to turn it around for you. Talk to God. Talk to God. Yes. What do you want? What do you want? Fill out that checkbook. Don't hold back. Don't be shy. God doesn't run out of resources. Talk to God. Talk to God. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Talk to God. What do you want? Oh, Jesus. Yes. Talk to God. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Join me as we pray. All over the place. Say this after me, everybody. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. As an act of my will. I take all my worries, all my concerns, all my anxieties, and I give them to you. I throw them over to you as an act of my will. And from today, I will refuse to think negatively 
about any of these situations. I commit it to you. And I'm asking you, as I've tabled my request, that's what I'm asking for. In the name of Jesus. And now I believe I receive the answer to my prayer. Anytime a thought occurs to me concerning these areas, I will respond by thanking you for the answer that it's done. God has done it. God has answered me. In the name of Jesus. I will not worry. I will not be anxious. I will not think about it anymore. I will not allow people to remind me about it. I will forever praise you. I will forever thank you. I will forever give you thanksgiving. For you deserve all the praise. You deserve all the glory. Because I know there is nothing that is too hard for you, my God. And even right now, I raise my hands in thanksgiving. I raise my voice in gratitude. And I want to thank you for having answered me in what I have brought to you. You are handling it for me I'm not worried I'm not concerned and now I receive the peace of God the peace of God that passes all understanding to garrison me to mount God my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus thank you that you release me from sickness disease, heart conditions, high blood pressure. Thank you for releasing me from psychological problems, from ulcers. Thank you for releasing me from bad dreams, sleepless nights. Thank you for releasing me from not being able to enjoy my life. From tonight, I have thrown away all the burdens. I am burden free. I am bad and free and I want to thank you for it. Give the Lord a big hand of praise if you thank him for it. Thank him for it. Thank him for it. Come on somebody, thank him for it. Come on, give him a crazy praise. Don't stop, don't stop. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank you Jesus. Come on, give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah.